Hi everyone, on today's Women in Sneakers, we have the award-winning journalist, creative consultant and entrepreneur and editor of Season Zine, Felicia. Welcome. Hey. So, um, I guess, do you want to just kind of tell us a little bit about you, introduce yourself, tell us a bit about your career, etc., how you started out? Cool. So, I'm Felicia, as we just said. Um... If I want to start with my career, I'll probably start at uni because I feel like that's the best place to start when you're kind of clear about kind of what area you want to get into. Um, I went to Central St. Martins and I did fashion, history and theory um, because I kind of felt like I probably wanted to do journalism, but I wasn't sure yet, but felt like history and theory um, would be a great place to start and kind of understand the context and kind of the big innovation. So we kind of looked at it chronologically in the first year. Um, until the 20th century looked at visual culture and then it kind of spans different things in second and third year um but yeah when I was there it was really brilliant obviously to be there and being a really creative um place that you're really pushed to think outside of the box um and so in my third year um I actually took a placement year because I figured, right, I need to get as much experience as possible. Um, and my focus was really <laughs> to intern at, at as many magazines as I could. So I did Tank, um, I did Ace 83, I did Love, um, I went to New York and did Nylon. Um, I they also did PR in New York at Donna Karen. I really realised that PR was not for me. Um, <laughs> my boss actually said that to me. Um, she was like, yeah, this isn't for you. And I came back and did GQ and L and went into my final year. So yeah, I think that's like a really good place to start. I mean, before that, I was always kind of interning around uni anyway, and I had a job as well. Um, I always, I made it a point of like being backstage at Fashion Week and really soaking up the atmosphere and seeing how everything worked. So like, you know, Fashion Week is exciting. It's super weird actually not to like be doing everything kind of from afar because I was like backstage running around for a radio one or I would be front of house or I'd be attending um, for different places that I've worked for. So yeah, all of these experiences really kind of made me understand a bit more about like how the industry works and like who are the different players in the different areas. So yeah, after uni, um, literally the day after my graduation, I started an internship at a luxury e-tailer that doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was really boutique, um, have really incredible labels. They, people that are really big now, um, so like Elegieri, um, Shrimps, mm-hmm. um, gosh, we had Coche, um, Y Project, like just really great brands, Issa Arfin, which is like one of my face, Regina Peel, like just great brands. And I got to go and like interview people backstage and go to studios because I was side office kind of t- editorial assistant, but it meant that I got to assist on fashion shoots and do all the call-ins and pitch ideas and that kind of stuff and do returns. I love doing a return. I love a spreadsheet. Um, but at the same time... <laughs> no um, one <laughs> well, no, it's quite therapeutic if you get into a rhythm. Yeah. Like, you know, so, yeah. had a lot of, like, calls with WorldNet about why things hadn't arrived or why they were stuck in um customs actually yeah. taught me to be very tenacious like no doesn't mean no no just means like you haven't convinced me yet or you haven't made clear what's in it for me 
and why I should help you. Um, and that is something that definitely feeds into everything I do now. Like, no, it doesn't mean no. It just means that this person um, isn't convinced and you need to do a little bit more. But you can always kind of flip it around. Um, See, so yeah, I was there for almost four years um, and kind of got promoted and stayed and was able to work um, yeah, across a range of things. I ended up skewing more writing. Um, while I was there, I did my NCTJ part-time. Um, so I was working full-time and then going two days a week. Um, while I was there, I did a sports module. Can I, I thought, just oh, maybe be there? Sorry, can you explain what NCTJ is? Sorry. Yeah, just so like, the yeah. NCTJ <laughs> is a qualification that you can get. And it basically, you learn the fundamentals of being a journalist in that kind of in that for that qualification so like Mm -hmm. I had different modules like reporting and media law and what else did we do shorthand I was very proud to get my shorthand 100 words a minute (laughs) shorthand um and yeah so did all of that part-time you could also choose if you want to do subbing or sport I chose sport because I was interested in sport but realized that that really wasn't for me um I just can't Mm -hmm. Writing like match day reports is just so stressful. Like, <laughs> me and I went to intern um, at Talk Sport for two weeks. It was kind of brilliant writing about Chelsea every day. But I was like, there's no, I felt there was a lack of creativity, um, which also leads me really nicely into why I found the season that was part of it, feeling really kind of creatively stifled and unfulfilled, but also being like a massive football fan and creative meeting lots of cool people um, in my industry and around me that were also creative but into football. And then just looking at that space and consuming like the content and things that people are making in football. Like I watch Match of the Day religiously and I read the back pages and read different things online, just being like, there is, there's no women here. Like why are women kind of invisible here? Why are black people really invisible here? Mm-hmm. Um, and thinking like, I really want to make a space where um, women and kind of marginalised communities in football can really be celebrated and empowered and showcased. Like, Amazing. let's hear an alternative point of view. Let's hear a different angle on the same story that we're all reacting to. Um, so I was like, right, I want to create this. Uh, for me, it was always going to be print because that is like, I love print. I'm a bookworm turned magazine worm. Like I said, like in terms of a lot of magazines. Yeah, I know. Um, and I'm really sure, yeah, like very <laughs> sure of the value of print. And also, like, we're such a digital world, like, everything is on a screen. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, let's do something different. Like, let's, you know, I love books. I have so many books, and they just are a little bit more meaningful, a bit more permanent. You can pass them on, they're tangible. Yeah, um, and now something in your hands that you can take away and like, like look back at, and you know, like in a couple of years, in ten years' time, you can look back at like your first ever season zine and be like, I did that, and I think that's really nice. Yeah, and, exactly. you know, that. and it's a reference for like history as well, and like it's like a reference for people to look at and like the space and stuff. So I think it's really really cool. No, exactly. I think that yeah, it was just it was important for me to have something physical, and it was way more considered. You know, you have to think about every single detail, whether that's you know the paper, the type of paper, you know what colours you're using, um, you know how it's laid out on a page, and like how many pictures are in this. Like thinking of all the little details was really um, important. So, format was print. 
Um, it was also, it's called a zine rather than a magazine, which everyone asks me, like, why is a magazine? I know it's a zine. It's this idea of fan-made um, content, a fan-made publication. Um, and I did go to the British Library, which is also one of my favourite places, to research this and looked at really cool, like, zines that um, fans had made in, like, the late 80s, early 90s. And I noticed, obviously, it's very cut-and-paste photocopying. And I was like, well, I really want to elevate this and make it a little bit more editorial, a little bit more creative because of my background in magazine. So it was kind of elevating that format. Um, Another cool thing that we do is there's a really um, interactive element in terms of the stickers. Um, Every issue has a set of stickers in the back and places throughout you stick them in and they're all kind of based on our contributors' favourite players and managers. It's just a little fun thing, tapping into that whole Panini um, reference. So yeah, that's how I got to... 2016 and launching issue one and it was really small and I wrote it all myself but like found a great design on Instagram and found most of the people that I collaborated with on Instagram um and put it out I was like being in London and working in fashion you don't make a lot of money so I was at home so I was able to save what little salary I had um and put that into the first issue um and it got a really great um response so the second issue was Paris and I went um in Euro 2016 um I went for like a week in Paris like meeting people and making that which is really brilliant because again I didn't know much very I knew very little about French football um and talking to women there again was a whole different kettle of fish and it was during um men's fashion week um so there was just a really great vibe that that was going on and I, I was meeting girls that were like watching matches and running to shows but had their French kit on and I you know it's clearly a lifestyle so it was really kind of eye-opening there so yeah from then to now um where issue eight is about to come out imminently um and it's super exciting we start making it obviously before everything paused for lockdown um and now we've picked it up again but it's interesting because we've had to tweak things because actually things in some ways have really accelerated um and in other ways have paused and other ways um have just continued but stayed in the same place if that makes sense Yay. so we have had to like tweak things even now as we go along but you know, the joys of being an independent is that you can be experimental, but you also kind of run to your own time frames. Like, I want it to be the best it can be. So that's when it will go out, um, when we're all happy with it. Um, and yeah, it's worth saying, I mean, I definitely am not a one-woman band to a season. I work yeah. with an incredible team. Um, I was just about to say, how many people do you work with, like, roughly? I mean, it actually varies because we all, everyone has, you know, full-time jobs and are freelance and doing other projects. Mm -hmm. But at the moment, I would say there is seven of us. Um, And we, everyone kind of dips now. I have, you know, three editors of large, um, you know, Kelsey's in Amsterdam, Naomi's in Milan, Lucy's in Portland. Brilliant um, brand partnerships director, Sean, um, football associate, Flo, fashion director, Georgina, a, a great digital lead um, in Dawn. So we all kind of come together um, and make season around everything else that we do. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's really good. We've got had a good response. I mean, we're stocked in the UK, but also stocked in Europe, we're stocked in America, we're stocked in Asia. So um, by, the, 
yeah you're saying that very like humbly this is what I love like you're very like humble about it but like this is like amazing because because it's football and like you know football's huge like there are billions of football fans in the grand scheme of things we're a small dot we're gonna be a huge dot but we're small at the moment um and like through our website um you know, I sent issues to Australia, New Zealand, Canada, Saudi Arabia. Um, like I sent issues all around the world. So mm-hmm. that's really brilliant too. And I think socials has been great for us. We've grown a lot. And, and again, it's a really great way to connect um, globally instantly. Mm-hmm. Amazing. And so obviously you've spoken that you send things, like you send the zine out like globally. Like, how has Season Zine enabled you to, like, work with brands? Because obviously it's, like, football and fashion. So, like, obviously different brands come into play with that. Like, specifically, obviously this is about sneakers. So, like, any sneaker brands that you've worked with, like, how have you, like, partnered with them and worked with them? And how has the Zine enabled you to do that? Cool. So, I guess we've worked with the big three. And I would say the big three in terms of our space are Nike, Adidas and Puma. Um, But I would say, I think everything, it just, it depends on where we were on our journey. So with Nike, we started off, we did an advertorial about match days, had a new trainer pack Mm -hmm. and we shot an advertorial around that. But then more recently, last year, we did a series of events with them um, in their space in Shoreditch, 1948. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we did a so we did a we did some um, events around the Women's World Cup last year um, yeah. with Nike, and that was really brilliant because again, like what we're trying to do is bring football fans together mm-hmm. um, and create those kind of safe and creative spaces. Um, so Nike, yeah. More recently, we've done events with them, and they worked with us to launch um, Issue Six, which had Leah Williamson, who is one of the lionesses, but also an Arsenal defender on the cover. Yeah. And then with Puma, Puma probably was our like first kind of significant um, thing in terms of working with um, elite female players. Mm-hmm. Um, we made content with three players from Neon, which is basically for those that don't know, the most successful um, women's team. Um, recent years in the Champions League like we just won it I guess a few months ago yeah. uh, but we were on number three um, 2018 so we made contact with Ida Heikberg who was the first um, player to win the Ballon d'Or um, with Marazan and with Le Sommet yeah. and it was um, really brilliant it was like video content social content around the tournament but then it became um, an avatar in our issue and it's just great to really kind of portray the per- their personalities really because I think that's um, where uh, women's football and the culture around it is really growing it's getting to know them as people and as women and like who they are in that sense so more recently with Puma um, we did an avatar of Nikita Paris who's actually just moved to Lyon well last season she had um, went to Lyon and shot her um, and did again um, make content around a new boot pack that she was wearing with a new colorway, um, which was cool. Um, and then with Adidas, um, we were part of their creative base. So they made a creative base in Shoreditch um, during the 2018 World Cup. And we got to make a zine, which was really cool. Um, basically photographed all of the kind of attendees and asked them about their 
tournament predictions. Um, it was actually funny because there was a lot of Frenchies there that day. and obviously oh, really? <laughs> So it was like, it's good. Sometimes you're like, yeah, obviously you back your country, but it's like, yeah. you know, there are like a fair few um, French people there. Um, and then we did a fashion and football panel just looking at, you know, how this interplay was developing and what new innovation. Obviously, it was when the Nigeria kit had just come out. Yeah. Um, and, it, you know, now that was two years ago. So much has happened since. And when you start to kind of think about it, you know, now everyone's kind of waxing lyrical about this new Balenciaga uh, soccer <laughs> pieces that have dropped. Yeah. Um, yeah. And people hate it. I'm like, you know, <laughs> think about what this means. Like, yeah. think of the innovation. Um, and it's really fascinating to see and kind of interpret um, and communicate what's going on there. So I guess those are the three kind of big kind of sneaker brands that we've yeah. worked with. Amazing. And so you mentioned about the Nigeria kit. Obviously, it is, your zine is about football and fashion, but what is your favourite kit? Obviously, is it Chelsea? I know you're a big Chelsea fan. <laughs> um <laughs> And I'm like, I, I am. I am. Another team or anything like that, but do you have a favorite kit? My favorite kit is the 2016 17 home Chelsea shirt. Like, it's the last Adidas one, and I love it. It's like got lions embossed all over it, and it's got like a V neck. And like, that's my favorite. I mean, to be honest, I've been, I, I was kind of rubbish in the sense that. I started following Chelsea in 2004, but I honestly, my dad kept like, oh, I'm going to get you a kit. I say he like threatened to buy me a kit. I was like, I don't like it. So I'll get one when Chelsea win the Champions League. So obviously I had to wait till 2012 to get mm. one. Um, and then I finally got one. But that was like, I felt like, you know, there wasn't really anything to celebrate until we properly won the Champions League. Mm -hmm. um, so obviously I wear my kits of pride now because we remain... <laughs> the only London team to have done it and I'm very yeah. proud of that um so yeah that's my favorite kit um and yeah I mean more recently I loved the away kit last season um with the uh, it was black and orange I wear that to work so I like that because I'm usually <laughs> black um, yeah. so anything that fits in that I like perfect um and sorry I'm just looking at my questions that's sorry. fine um, okay, who was your favourite season zine cover star or feature? Oh, that was so easy, just because <laughs> of what it, meant, in what it meant personally to me. Like, I love, it's like asking me to pick my children. Like, I love everyone we've put on the cover because I want to put them on the cover otherwise. But in terms of, you know thinking about like what season stands for more kind of succinctly, um, you know, <laughs> raising up marginalised voices and women. Um, having any Aluko and Jeanette Quachi on the cover for issue five, the religion issue was just huge for me, like putting two strong, successful black women in sport together yep. on the cover and them talking about their careers and their experiences and what they'd learnt. Um, was big like it was the kind of thing that maybe I needed to hear a few years ago when I was thinking maybe I want to be um, a sports journalist although now I think about it I'm like no I always <laughs> needed to have a creative um, yeah. edge to whatever I'm doing um, but yeah that was huge I mean that was those two they both of them were in conversation with each other because um, I was away actually that weekend that it happened oh, it was wow. at my, my best friend's Hindu so I really couldn't miss it it'd been planned like 
six months in advance. Yeah, so yeah. they just like did it and it was so chill. It's like the most brilliant recording. Um, and yeah, it was just brilliant to hear them talk about themselves, their careers, what they're experiencing, how they're navigating things in their own words, in their own voice. Um, so yeah, that one, I would say. Amazing. Um, and then I have, sorry, more questions. So one of the questions that actually came through on Instagram was, as a female editor of a footy mag, have you come across prejudice from males and how do you deal with it? All the time. Like, I've just... <laughs> I can imagine. I'm a black woman. This is every day of your life. Like, yeah. honestly, like, you know the energy... You yeah. pick your battles, don't get me wrong. When you need to check someone, you check someone. Yeah. But, like, honestly, you pick your battles. Like, if I'm in a space, um, I think I'm there because I'm supposed to be there. Um, and I think I get my try and get my point across. Um, yeah, there's just no point in really engaging because it's a distraction from really what you're trying to do. It's throwing off course. It's really about, I think, being clear about who you are, what you stand for, what you're trying to do in this space. Um, and, you know, being clear about how you're going to get there. And also just responding to, you know, the energy. Like if it's negative energy, I would just move away from that energy. But if I have to work with that person, there's sometimes, you know, you'll you're like, oh, wow, I have to deal with this person um, yeah. for the next few years. And this person has given me energy that I'm okay, okay with. And you, I guess you, I mean, I just feel like you always kind of have to be polite and not rude, but just try and have an honest conversation and kind of set what your boundaries are um, as much as possible. Um, I think it's, it's an interesting time. I've been talking about, yeah, it is difficult. I've been talking about this a lot recently that like, because everyone's kind of trying to jump into like a women's football space, mm-hmm. um, how, you know, a lot of men do come in um, with, I guess, thinking that they know best or thinking that they know how things go. I hate to say it, but like big dick energy where they're just like, I'm a man, so I know how to do this. And they try and mansplain things to you. And you're just like, yep, I also have an opinion and a view and an experience. And Yeah. yeah. Or they just make assumptions that it's like, you know, if you took the time to talk to people, um, people, you know, make it a bit more interesting. Or what people do is they just shoot or go for the same people over and over again it's like do a little bit of research you know there's a whole world outside of london um there's a whole world outside of england um there's so many brilliant cool things um to find and i guess that's another thing that season i'm like i want season to be a site of discovery like i want you to find things that maybe you didn't see before or a new angle in something and think oh i never thought about that before or just understand things in a different way and hear a different voice commenting on it because you know football was brilliant you know those that are into it we love it but because of that there's so many people making content and responding to it yeah so it's like why do things the same as everything else you should be trying to do things differently um because otherwise what's the point of adding noise and why be a sheep really yeah for sure and I think that's definitely what season zine does really well is cutting through the noise. Like, I think, like, for me, like, personally, like, I'm personally not into football, but my boyfriend loves football. I'm sorry to be a cliche, but, yeah, I'm not really into it. But, actually, Season Zine is super cool because, actually, it's given me a different perspective 
of football and the game. And it's given me also, like, as you said, it's helped me discover, like, new people and new talents, like, following new people. And I think that is really important to, like, cut, as you say, cut through the noise. There is so much noise around the sport itself. So, actually, why not take, like make your niche in it and like take that little piece of the pie and make it your own and have ownership over it. And I think that's, yeah, what you and your team do like super well. So mm. yes to you. Hi. <laughs> yeah. We're trying. Nobody's perfect, but I think, you know, what I like is that, you know, since we started, there's been so many platforms and initiatives and projects that people have started a little bit more creative I'm like you know what there's space for everyone but um you know I don't want us I don't still want us to rest on our laurels you know Mm -hmm. there are lots of things happening I think that when it comes to talking about football and fashion my team are brilliant I've, I've worked in the fashion industry my team members of my team do as professionals but I also studied fashion mm -hmm. so sometimes it's you can really see like you know the more amateur people and when the people that know this is something I'm passionate about this is my job I'm not jumping on a bandwagon yeah and again I also think that you know football intersects with so many different parts of culture like even this talking about sneakers and football is yeah. important because that's what we all wear to game so obviously we're active participants um in you know doing this so I think people are starting to realize that now you know, in the same way that, you know, people get upset that, like, footballers don't just, you know, do football. It's like, well, none of us just do football either. <laughs> You're a fan <laughs> of football, but you have other things, other interests, and so do players. So I think now we're at a place that seems quite um, exciting that, you know, if you have a voice and a platform and other interests, you're, you feel people, certain people feel confident enough to kind of act on it and put things out. Yeah, absolutely. And, okay, so one additional question. What does the future hold for season zine? Like, you can tell just by talking to you, like, you're very ambitious. You have a lot to bring to the table, which is amazing. Like, I love this energy. And I think that's, like, this is also why I wanted you to come on, because I think people should meet people like you and be exposed to people like you who are very passionate and ambitious and have a lot to... No, but it's true. Like, that's why I wanted you on because I think, like, you've done... You've had a lot of experiences. You've worked with a lot of... In a lot of different places and spaces. And I think, mm. you know, I feel like you have, like, a, a like an aim that you want for season zine. And, you know, what's your dream scenario? Or... I mean, I don't like to, like tell everyone and put it out like, obviously, what, obviously like wraps. so obviously I mean I have a couple of different things I mean more generally you know season exists to kind of you know make football culture more inclusive um, more inspiring more creative more fashion conscious um, and you know hopefully just to really disrupt you know football media um, by doing things in a kind of more um, you know progressive and also collaborative way in terms of like you know working with stylists and working with photographers and doing things like that um in terms of you know what's next for season most immediately is issue eight like i said mm -hmm. um and i think you know with the euros and the olympics being pushed back to next year yeah i think you know lots of people we all had plans and things that we wanted to do um, so those are still to come. Um, I think, you know, I'm just exploring, you know, football culture's changed. Everything's changing around us. 
I'm kind of responding to that and thinking, you know, what can we put out that um, is meaningful? What can we put out um, that makes people think um, in different ways, that does things that have never been done before, um, that, you know, takes people out of their football comfort zone? I don't know. I'm always kind of thinking like that and like, you know, because I think football's so tied to numbers and finances, mm-hmm. um, just thinking about like how we can do that in lots of different ways and different mediums. So yes, we are a print magazine um, publication, but we also you know, have our socials. We have a podcast. We have a newsletter. Um, we want to put on events, which I think will probably, if we get around to doing it more, kind of virtual. Um, but yeah, I've actually been to one of your events, which was great. Yes, and like the like yeah. This again, this is the thing because you actually give other people an opportunity to show what they do. So I think one of the one of the people that featured, she kind of like upcycled kits, and she made yeah, that's a thing. She's our fashion director now. Okay, yeah. amazing. Yeah, and that was wicked. And also, you had people there, like you know, showing you how to upcycle products and how to like put kits together and things like that. And I think events are definitely super important and again it's that hands-on like connection with people and yeah so I'd be definitely excited to see more events and workshops and stuff come from you guys yeah I think that's important like I think a big thing of our thinking at the moment is that there's been so much talk like we've just been talking talk 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 and actually nothing's actually changed you know we're just talking and I'm very much like, let's talk more action. And the people that I rate the most, people that are more ins- most inspiring and most interesting are people that are doing things. Look at Marcus Rashford, look at Hector Bellerin, look at all of these people they are doing. I'm just bored of people talking. I'm bored. I think, you know, talking can be helpful. Panels and discussions can be helpful. But yeah. have we reached peak panel and discussion where, you know, it's your, your, essentially speaking to an echo chamber because you would agree about the same point and it's like a, a place to say that you would agree about the same point. <laughs> yeah. like, you know, what's the next step? And I don't get me wrong, it's definitely not an easy thing and it's not a short-term thing, it's a longer-term thing. But I'm at that place now where it's like, you know, you'll see it in this way with how we've um, approached and theme and everything like that, but it's definitely this idea of action and the fact is everyone can take action. Um, you can see like, you know, with everything, like, you know, how Americans are really kind of pushing hard, but voting and all the different things because the small, everyone can do something small and it doesn't, it's not also just about like, you know, paying a donation to something that's, you know, in America. Cause that's our thing. Think of locally as well. Like I think a lot of like, maybe it's just me, but a lot of the Black Lives Matter stuff, people were sending money to far-flung places, I mean, in comparison to UK, which, of course, is helpful. Mm-hmm. It's also like, so what's happening in your community around you? Like, you know, it's thinking about both, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just going to ask the last two questions. Yeah. Which is, so usually I ask, like, who is an inspiration to you? Um, oh, that's hard. Yeah, it is a tricky one. <laughs> I have a lot of inspirations. So you can name a few. It's, it's like, yeah. Cool. Who's inspiration to me? Um, 
Definitely, like, this sounds so cliche, but I always kind of say something like Beyonce, because yeah. I'm all about that Virgo energy. I'm a Virgo too, but just... I was going to say you're a Virgo, aren't you? <laughs> I'm so Virgo. Um, I just appreciate her, worth, her work ethic um, and how, you know, she's bringing her visions to life uncompromisingly. She's unapologetic, more even more unapologetic as she's getting older. Yeah. Um, and how I think... I mean, in some ways, it's annoying how how in control of her image she is. On the flip side, I guess that's the holy grail if you're in her position and in her Absolutely. level of fame. So yeah. every single thing she's in control of, and she's just being very creative and is able. I think, I think what's interesting is she's done. I guess the thing that you know a lot of black people do is you know you rise and you become very mainstream because you have to kind of play the game and get to the top of the system before you can change the system. Absolutely. So she's like obviously risen and done that, and then now you can see how progressive and political her work is now. But yeah. that's only after everyone's already on board with what she's going to say. Yeah, um, absolutely. So like her, I'm inspired by. Sharmadine Reed, I'm really inspired by in terms of being like a female entrepreneur yeah. um, and, you know, starting something from scratch. I'm also inspired by the fact that she totally pivoted, that like she's closed one else and now she does Beauty Stack. Mm-hmm. Um, and just also like she's inspiring because she's always kind of learning and trying to hone her skills, I think. Like yeah. it's not that she, she, like obviously she's very experienced, but I love that you, she's always seeking these things and testing new theories yeah. and speaking to people and, and trying to find out more about things. And I think that that kind of energy um, is just super inspiring, um, particularly if you're running a business, <laughs> as I'm finding out. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah, I'd say those two. Who else am I inspired by? I'm trying to think who I look at the most on Instagram, because that's probably... <laughs> I love that. No, because I look at... You know you get that window into people's lives? Obviously, yeah, yeah, it's curated. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but who do I look at the most? Who am I... God. No, let's stick with those two. Okay. I think those are the two okay. that I can think of off the top of my head. And then my final one is kind of similar. Like, who would you like to see feature on Women in Sneakers? And that can be like- Oh, this is easy. Yeah. So, Nisha, who um, is one of the founding members of Romance, she is brilliant and mm-hmm. she is a big sneakerhead and mm-hmm. she works in sports and lifestyle PR, but big Man United fan and just... She makes like the sneaker content anyway. Like she's brilliant. Um, she's also let me find. She's an editor of. She's actually a sneaker editor as well. Okay. Of Big Eyes, Little Souls. Oh, so, good. She's okay. brilliant. Yeah. Her, like yeah. she. She's lovely. Like lo- brilliant aura. Such a great person. But she knows her stuff about sneakers. So she's very particular about like things and drops yeah. and yeah. Her. Well, I'll reach out to her after this hopefully get her on women in sneakers you're gonna have to put in a good word for me Um, (laughs) okay so that is actually it for today we've gone slightly over half an hour but that's all good it was a pleasure speaking with you thank you so much for coming on thank you you're welcome thanks for having me i didn't even talk about any of my trainers but i guess that's fine Oh, yeah, I know. I don't know if you have any to hand, if you want to do a quick... Hey, I bought them all! <laughs> Yay! Yeah. Oh, them! <laughs> <laughs> I brought them! I was like, I bought three pairs. They're all here. I've got oh. them on. 
Yes. And I've got my, these are really flattered, but my Adidas Oh, Falcons. Falcons. Yay. I got them. Thank you. I know. Sorry, guys. I, I was going to ask you to show your favorite sneakers, but we were just talking so much and I was like, no. That's just, uh, <laughs> now simple. I have Thank them. I mean, yeah, sneakers are just a thing that if I'm not in Doc Martens, I'm in sneakers. Um, yeah. But I try to alternate because Doc Martens is great, but sometimes it's a bit heavy for the situation or you want to be a bit kind of lighter and sportier. Yeah, okay. sure. um, so yeah, I also have more like you know, everyone. I think most people have monkey Air Force ones. I have yeah. some all white, um, Adidas superstars, and I actually customize them. They have C's and beads and like the like the bottom amazing at the front. Is okay, you're gonna have to send me a picture so that I can also yeah. post it and like send me a picture <laughs> of these and I'll post them and like do like a roundup of your favorite kicks and your customized yeah. ones. No, exactly. Yeah. Then I obviously I have some bands, the skater high ones. Yeah. Remember we did that bands thing. Yes, exactly. But I've got I've got burgundy high toppy ones because so I was like I'll have the low black ones that everyone has but I stopped wearing them since they kind of became like everywhere so like, yeah. I hate it's one thing so I hate is going apart from football where obviously everyone's wearing the yeah. same jersey but yeah, I yeah, hate yeah. you go somewhere and you just have the same thing like yeah. it needs to be individual it needs to be creative it needs to be original which is why like I have to minimize you know shopping at Zara and shopping at start places yeah. where I don't shop that because it's just too I hate like I've done that, been in a bathroom and we're in the same thing. Now. <laughs> There's nothing worse when you walk in a room and you're just like, oh, okay. Like I am exactly the same. Like I, yeah. ASOS is dangerous in that sense <laughs> because I, to be fair, like I used to, people walk around with things, like, oh, I love that. It's that on site. And then they fly it and you're just like, oh, I don't want to it. It comes the next day, you try it on, you're like, oh, I'll keep it or, or send it back. And but like it was good because everyone was like a kind of walking model and everyone had obviously different body yeah. shapes. So it was actually really good. And yeah. you were always a sneaker person. Like, <laughs> What's on her feet she today? <laughs> you were that <laughs> person. Context. We used to work together at ASOS. So oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, back in the day. But no, back. yeah. So I mean it feels like forever ago now. I kind of was basically uh, a year ago. Yeah. I remember the, the final day was like my birthday last year. Yeah. Um, all of us, when we had, everyone went to that pub. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone, I had to leave. <laughs> everyone went to that pub, drank. I remember having, we went late. I remember yeah. having an Aperol spritz. <laughs> yeah. everyone. Always but, late as well. I'm always late. <laughs> like, yeah. Sorry yeah. to everybody that's... Being <laughs> yeah. that's fine I think you do it in a nice way people yeah, some exactly. people are late the horrible way yeah you do it in a nice way <laughs> <laughs> but no thank you again so much for coming on it's been a pleasure um, I can't wait for season zine eight did you say it yeah. was yeah eight. Oh my we God. are very shortly. You can actually already pre-order it on our website, which is www.season-zine.com. But anyway, in the meantime, you should follow Season um, yeah. on Instagram. It's just season underscore zine um, and see what we're doing. Amazing. Everybody follow, everybody pre-order. Thank you so much again. And yeah, it's been a pleasure. See you.